fish, and, but we saw sharks swimming by, and so I had to gather everybody in, and, and, and to be honest with you, people got a little scared, and Greg asked me, he said, you're on the east side of the island, you know what, I've heard that there are sharks, actually, great whites have been seen on the east side of the island, so I'm just going to encourage you, Caleb, don't let your people on the east side of the island, I'm just going to encourage you, stay away from the east side, and Caleb honestly felt a little scolded, but he was gracious, and he said, uh, yes, okay, I, I, absolutely, Greg, that, we'll, we'll do that. Well, after, the, after lunch, Caleb and Lizzie gathered some of those who wanted to go with them to go uh, uh, cliff diving on the east side of the island. Of course, Lizzie said, but wait a second, I thought that... Mr. Greg Jarvison said not to swim on the east side, and Caleb said, well, honestly, I think he meant more further out, so I think we're going to be fine. It's just a lagoon, so let me show you, boys and girls, where this lagoon is. Now, you remember on our map that they ported the boat right here, and here's the, the main mansion estate where they sleep and have their conferences and so on. Here's the lighthouse on the north side of the island. Here's three, well, small mountains, large hills, whatever you want to call them. And they were going to now hike up this small mountain and then go over to the lagoon where they would go cliff diving. And so Caleb answered and, and he said, you know, I, I think we're going to be fine over there near the, uh, near the lagoon to cliff dive. I don't think we need to worry about it. So off they went after lunch, and they hiked up the mountain, and Lizzie was looking out, and, and she noticed something. She said, you know, it's, it's odd that there's a boat out there. We saw that boat when we were sailing last weekend, the entire weekend, and it's out there again. And Caleb said, you know what, I, I'm sure, Lizzie, that it's just a, a fishing boat on the weekend, and uh, not a big deal. But let's continue hiking down this mountain. So... As they were hiking down the mountain, let me just show you here. They were taking a trail that led this way and was curled around here. Just so that you understand where they're, where they're walking. And it's very steep, especially along the, the side here, it's very steep. And as they approached, the, as they were walking down, down this steep way, Lizzie kind of picked up her speed a little bit and she tripped. Something caught her foot and she tripped and she started tumbling headlong off the pathway and over the cliff. Well, Caleb was not too far behind him, and he's dashing after her, and he's, he skids as he's stopping on the dirt path, and he looks over the cliff. Now, the cliff is bent like this, so he can't even see where she is in the lagoon. And so he, he ran, it's probably a hundred yards down this path as fast as his legs could carry him. As the path continued on, another one doubled back, and so about 50 yards, he ran back, maybe halfway up the cliff, 40 feet or so. Now, Caleb had never cliff-dived over 20, maybe 25 feet, and this was 40. Now, I'm not going to recommend that you kids do that. Caleb's almost 21. He's a big boy, but he was fearful. He had to rescue his sister. And so he looks over, and he could see down now into the lagoon, and he could see his sister nowhere. Fearful that she had maybe hit her heart, hit her head on the rocks below, he quickly dove into the waters, splash, head first, 
you know, arms out with fists, head first, plunging into the waters. And while he's under there, he's looking around for his sister, and he can't find her anywhere, swimming here and there, and he cannot find her. He's out of breath. He comes to the surface to pop up for another breath, to dive down, to keep looking for his, his sister. When as soon as he pops his head out, he hears his name called Caleb, Caleb. And he looks over, and there is his sister, sitting on a rock ledge some two feet above the lagoon with her feet dangling down, looking a little bit dazed. And Caleb sees her, quickly swims over to her and said, Lizzie, are you okay? And he climbs out of the water and sits next to her and she says, yeah, yeah. I'm a little dazed. I I spun around so many times and I luckily landed feet first. See, kids, that fall was almost about 100 feet. And that is a very dangerous height to fall from into water. But she landed feet first and God was good and protected her. And Caleb said, well, I'm just so glad that you're okay. And she said, yeah, I'm I'm kind of shaken up and dizzy a little bit, but I'm going to be okay. Thank you, though, for being a good big brother and coming after me like this. And he stood up to help her up. And he said, you know what? When I was under the water there, it was really odd. The lagoon underwater seemed about two or three times larger than what I'm looking at right now. And Lizzie looked at him and said, thinking, does my older brother need to get glasses? And so he's trying to think, well, why don't we just go underwater and check it out? And so she says, okay, and then shoulder elbows him, and he falls into the water, but he quickly reaches over and grabs her, and she falls into. And they're just kind of playing around here a bit. And so he pops his head up and says to her, look, let's just swim over in this direction, and I want to show you where that where we're talking about here. So here they are, and they have, she had fallen right about here, and they're swimming this way. And they realize that the lagoon underwater doesn't end right here. It just keeps going and going. And so they swim under all of this, apparently all this vegetation, plants and vines growing down that creates this barrier here. And as they pop their heads up on the other side, somewhere in here, they realize that it's a cave. And Caleb He reaches into his pocket. Now, he's got his swim trunks on, but he always carries a flashlight. And this is a special flashlight, and it it can work underwater. And he's looking around, and he sees all this vegetation that has grown over this cave. The cave is about 150 feet high. It is huge and about 40, maybe 50 feet wide, 30 feet, something like this deep. Just a huge cave. And he shines the flashlight behind him. And it just keeps going around a curve and going. And he says, come on, Lizzie, follow me. And they start swimming further and further into this dark cave with only his flashlight to see by. Now, they had gone maybe a 100 feet and it kept going. And Lizzie grabbed her older brother and said, you know what, Caleb? I think we may need to investigate this cave a little bit later, maybe tomorrow or sometime later in the week, because we've got only one counselor with 10 kids, and I think he's probably pulling his hair out by now, so we should probably go back and and help him. So that's what they do, and and they stop investigating the cave, and they swim back under that all of that vegetation. Now, on the way up, after an hour or two of cliff diving and just having a lot of safe fun, 
They travel up the hill again to... And, and Caleb is wanting to know, how did Lizzie trip? Because it didn't look like a root that she tripped on. He came to the spot where she tumbled, and there he saw a rope, probably an inch in diameter. A thick rope, but it looked so extremely old that when he picked it up and pulled on it, it broke. Now he noticed that this was not just a rope, but it was a netting. Rope about 12 inches by 12 inches square creating this net. And as he pulled on it and it broke again, he could see the net as it fluxed like this across maybe about 75 feet. And he said to Lizzie, it looks like someone a long time ago created this net with vegetation that's just grown over to cover the entrance to this cave. And Lizzie looked at him with a smile. We're going to need to investigate this cave. So when they, came, when they got back, they shared their story with David, of course, and the excitement that they had and what happened with Lizzie's fall. But after the talk that night, and remember the whole camp time together, the theme of the conference, the camp, is kingdom conquest. And the one who was given the talk, another counselor, he, he talked about how pirates promise all of this gold to the shipmates. And, and the truth is that they usually don't get rich. And the truth is many times pirates die very young in battle. And that generally pirates don't hide their treasure. That's a little bit more what we get from in uh, Treasure Island, a fictional story. Pirates generally don't hide their treasure. They spend it. And X usually does not mark the spot. And he began to talk to the kids and say, you know what, that's a lot like Satan's promises. Pirates' promises are empty, and Satan's promises, they're not just empty, but they're like Snow White's apple. If you've ever seen that story or, or, or seen the movie or read the book, a beautiful apple, but inside was filled with poison, and it just took one bite. And many times, that's the way Satan's promises are. Just one bite. Just one step into his lies, and you realize that's all they are. They're just lies. But God's promises are true, and he is always faithful. And he went on and on and shared some stories that made it absolutely relevant for the kids. But afterwards, Lizzie noticed a little girl crying by herself. And she walked up to her and sat down, kind of put her arm around her a little bit. And he said, she said, hey, sweetheart, my name is Lizzie. What's yours? And she looked up and through her tears, she said, my name is Camila. Well, Camila, can I ask you, are, are you okay? Why, why are you crying, hon? And she looked up at Lizzie and she said, this is a really hard week for me because... This is the week that I was supposed to be adopted by a couple from the United States. And about two months ago, it fell through. There apparently were unexpected expenses. My dad, my future dad's business, took a downturn and there's just not enough money. As a matter of fact, they said it might take a year or two or maybe even never 
to be able to go through with this adoption. Lizzie looked at her and said, Sweetie, I'm so sorry. And Camila asked, she said, Lizzie, it just feels as if God doesn't care about me, that he doesn't love me. Is God really loving? Is, are his promises, like the man said tonight, are they really true? Will he care for me? This was a dream come true for me. And it fell through. And Lizzie said, you know what, Camila? A lot of times, life can feel that way because we live in a sinful, fallen world and it just feels as if when we're going through hard times and especially one like this that is so hard, that God has abandoned us. But the Bible says in the book of Romans that all things work together for the good of those who love him. And Camila, I, I understand that you love him. And right now it's such a hard time and I'm so sorry for you. And I want to pray for you, but I want you to know this, that God really does love you. And he causes all things, including something like this, to work out for your good. Maybe I can just pray for you. And Camila said, okay, it just feels, though, as if God doesn't love me. And she said, you know, I can remember a time in which I was so little, I didn't understand what the dentist wanted to do, but I had a really bad toothache, and my mom said he had to pull the tooth. And that experience was terrible, and it hurt, and the needle in my jaw, and, and just pulling and yanking on the tooth, and I never wanted to see a dentist for, a neck, for the next couple of years until I understood that by him pulling the tooth, that was the best thing for me. And I just want to tell you, Camila, sometimes we don't always understand why God allows these bad things, but I want to tell you, God promises, and he's, his promises are true, and he's faithful. God's promises are, are, are that he will cause this, even this horrible thing, to in some way work out for your good. So let me just pray for you that that's exactly what will happen. Now, after Lizzie prayed over Camila, she looked down at her, looked over to her, and she said, you know what? I'm in the process of reading my brother's story, and it's called The Legend of the Craftsman King. And it's actually a story that's true that as a family we went through. And it's, it's just an amazing story of how God's love broke through in situations that seemed so impossible. And maybe if I go get it, you can go get us some ice cream. We'll meet in the lounge. And would you mind that? Maybe I could just start reading that story to you. And Camila looked up at her like a big sister and said, I would really do that. I would really love you to do that if you wouldn't mind. And so off they went to be able to spend some time together eating ice cream and reading a good story. Well, kids, I want to encourage you this morning, realizing that we serve a God. When you place your faith in Jesus, he wants to be able to take these really hard things that happen to us, and he works them together so amazingly for our good, for your good. God works all things, all things, everything together for our good. And the challenge, though, is can we believe him for that? He loves us, he promises us things, and he is faithful to fulfill those promises. I just want to remind you of that. God 
can even work through a little girl like Camilla's circumstances that are so hard, just like he can with yours, to turn them around for good. Let's trust him for that. Well, next week we'll continue on with our story, The Secret of Paradise Cove. Love you, kids.